welcome to the difficult second podcast. Uh, joined here today with my friend and flatmate Mike Milling. Hi, I'm still here. Cool. <laughs> uh, so obviously we've got some pictures today. Now today we're doing a. It's kind of more of a family friendly episode. Yes. Because last episode was so harrowing. Horrific. Um, <laughs> so we're moving on into family-friendly movies, kids' movies, if you will. Yes. Um, but not necessarily just for kids, for the whole family. Yeah. Now, what were your favourite family movies growing up? Labyrinth. Ooh. And Dark Crystal. Anything with sort of Jim Henson, puppet, practical effects kind of stuff. Yep, good choices. Um, I grew up with... Obviously, back then, I don't know whether it was a different kind of family film you watched. I suppose I watched, obviously, the Indiana Jones movies. Yeah. The Back to the Future films. You, I suppose you wouldn't view them as kids' films, but they're kind of family's films. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that kind of stuff. Because I, I, I'd often watch like, uh, stuff like, you know, Robocop and... Uh, yeah. You know, uh, oh, what as a child? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, well, I yeah. Mean, I like watching... as family films, like Predator was a family film for us. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I remember watching Alien Resurrection as a young child. Yeah, okay, and quite enjoying it. I yeah, still like it. Yeah, fuck the haters. I watched Hellraiser a bit too young, and I think that's what sent me a bit weird. But <laughs> I saw The Exorcist at ten. Yeah, yeah. But that that genuine like that terrified me to the point of being quite ill. <laughs> <laughs> like I think I was. Quite heavily traumatised <laughs> by that. I still love Hellraiser. Um, but uh, but anyway, family films. <laughs> yeah. We've started yeah. a podcast that's meant to be family friendly. And we're just talking about Hellraiser. Yeah, already Pinhead has appeared. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love the Muppets movies. Anything to do with Jim Henson. Um, so anything like that, really. But then modern uh, I watch a lot of modern children's films as well with my kids, so I've oh, got yeah. a few of them to think about. But what about you with childhood family movies? I think my favourite film growing up was Mrs. Doubtfire. Yes, it's great. It's just, I think it's a genuinely good screenplay. It is. <laughs> I think it's really tight. Uh, you like, know, I think yeah, it's yeah, got all yeah. the beats right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I think it's a really enjoyable movie. Yeah. And at that time, it's a really positive sort of look on uh, divorce and um, separation towards the... I mean, it's not that positive because it all goes quite wrong. But but you know what I mean? It's um, It handles a, a, a quite a hard subject quite well for a family movie. Yeah, totally. And it's got Sally Fields in it, so win-win. Yeah. Sally Field is, yeah, great. But I have to say, most of the movies that I watched as a child were sort of your die-hard, yeah. lethal weapon. Yeah, yeah. they uh, were big ones for me. Big Trouble um, in Little China. But I, I, I watched a mixture, really. I did watch some kids' films, and I did watch like everyone did, but then I watched, I did watch a lot of action films and mm. got really into horror and stuff like that. What are your kids' favourite movies? Well, uh, they loved The Greatest Showman. Um, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. They love that, and they've like listened to that over and over again. The soundtrack <laughs> and uh, driven their mother insane in the car. <laughs> um, um, I watch Moana with them. Uh, I love that one. I think it's great. 
Yeah. Um, it's a brilliant film. I think it's one of the best, like, sort of Disney film that's come out in a long, long time. Really positive female character. There's no love interest. It's just this girl on a quest. Uh, and it's about nature. And it's really epic. Uh, and The Rock sings in it. <laughs> so You're not um, really selling it to me, Matt. Okay, all right. Well, it's, <laughs> all right, all right. Well, forget that bit. But it's really good. <laughs> no, it's, it sounds really good. It, it's it a is. movie I've been meaning to it catch It is for a very while. good. I love it. We should, we should watch it. um and uh paddington 2 also i think is a brilliant like modern kids film i have seen both of the paddingtons and i absolutely love particularly i enjoyed hugh grant's villain yes phoenix second phoenix buchanan is that his name or something (laughs) like that yeah i think it is um he's fantastic i think he's brilliant he's one of the best sort of family film villains in a long time but it's just a, just a bit of a step above from the first one, and it's uh, got some really good, yeah, really good characters in it with Brendan Gleeson and Hugh Grant. And but that's the kind of modern kids film they should be making. What you mean are uh, remakes of popular children's classics? Yes, essentially. So like, noddy the motion picture. We want uh, well, yeah. Interestingly enough, there's a TV show. I think a Channel Five little like like a CGI version of Noddy called like Detective Noddy or something. Or no little, way. Or the Noddy, the Toyland Mysteries or something. So they could turn that into like a gritty um, detective show. When I was a kid, I was mad for Noddy. Yeah. I loved a bit of Noddy. I loved the animals of Farthing Wood. Oh, that was, yeah, that was intense. Yeah. That was a bit of a sort of um, lighter version of Wardship Down. Right, well, we're about ready to do our pitches. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at Bong Movie, uh, or you can find us on Facebook. Just search Movie Bong. Okay, so, uh, Mike, your pitch... Let me hear it. Okay, so family movies. Family movies? Family movies. Family, kids, movie in the sort of vein of Paddington, Paddington yeah. 2, that sort of thing. Um, but with a sort of hint of um, Doug Jones's moon. Uh-huh. Um, well, no, uh, now wait, Duncan Jones. Duncan Jones is not. Doug Jones is. <laughs> so to clarify, Doug Jones is a water creature from Doug, the shape of water. Yeah, and Hellboy and but stuff. But we're talking about Duncan Jones. We're talking about Duncan Jones, David Bowie's son who made Moon. Exactly. So this is a slash, a bit of Moon, and um, a bit of, yeah, a bit of that sort of Paddington British family comedy vibe. Okay, so that's, okay. that's quite a crossover of genres. It really is. It's called Grandad on the Moon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. So <laughs> it begins. We've got um, Timothy Spall is uh, Grandad, right? Yep. And Emma Thompson is his wife, Granny. Um, <laughs> and she's dead. Um, <laughs> wait, this, wait she, the start what? of the movie, she's dead. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Because um, what it is, is the family. Played by the son is played by Rafe Spall, who is Timothy Spall's real life son. Um, right, yes, of course, yes, yeah, from, from Hot the, Fuzz and, and the Ritual. The Ritual, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, his wife, Tandy Newton, oh, and yeah. uh, their daughter will be just some small child actress, uh, <laughs> you know, whoever. The, 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 uh, the child will be called Astrid or something. And um, <laughs> anyway, so they go to live with Timothy Spall because. Granny's just died. 
So the anyway, so he's going a bit mad and people are talking about him and he's doing all this weird stuff in his garage. So Rafe's Paul, Tandy Newton and the daughter, they um move in with Timothy Spall because the wife's just died and um Rafe Spall is a quantum physics lecturer. Yes. And Tandy Newton uh, is like a children's author, right? Okay, cool. Okay. A so, power couple. Yeah. So, they move in. Uh, they're not that happy about it, but they're, they're moving in with, with their dad, and he's a bit nuts, and he's, bit, he's like a bit of a mad... In, he's a mad inventor. So, um, the girl wants to... Is, can, you know, wants to hang out with her granddad, and he's always kind of doing this weird stuff in his shed. The little girl bursts into the garage shed, whatever, and discovers that he... Um, He's rebuilding or um, repairing the spaceship to go to the moon because he used to go to the moon with his wife. Oh. Nobody knew about it. Oh. They were like secret space travelers. Yeah. Yeah. But they had to slow down when the government was slightly onto them, right? But nobody knew about it, including Rafe Spall. And Rafe Spall always got a bit of stick because his dad was always a bit nutty and weird. Yeah. And his parents were nutty and weird. And so he rebelled against them, but he still became a successful quantum physics lecturer. Right. So. Um, <laughs> so then, so then Timothy Spall wants to go back to the moon because the last time they went to the moon, yeah, uh, his wife left a pendant on the moon, right, which had her downloaded personality inside it, right. Whoa. And he had his, and they always had the promise that if one of them died first, they'd get their personality and put it in a robot clone version of them. Right? So, <laughs> so he wants to go back there so he can retrieve her personality, so he can bring it back, so he can make a robot version of her. Right? So then he's got his personality and he already could have, he expected to die first or he really loved her and blah, blah, blah. So he bought this. He, he built a version of himself already. So he's working on her. Uh, but he already sort of in secret made a version of himself. So his plan is to go to the moon and then leave a robot version of him, himself living with his family and nobody would know. <laughs> so basically, this is Timothy Spall going up to the moon, leaving a version of Timothy Spall down with his family <laughs> where they live in this country village um, where all their neighbours are like... Um, there's a gay couple played by Graham Norton and John Barrowman. <laughs> and uh, Greg Davis and Marissa Al. Right, the woman from Goodness Gracious Me. Anyway, so the daughter's got an angry teacher as well, played by James Nesbitt. We'll get to that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think we've got to that. Yeah, yeah that would have been got to it. Anyway, so basically we've got the little girl there with the robot granddad. She knows it's a robot. She's keeping the secret. He's on the moon, real yep. granddad. Yeah. And they sort of contact each other. And it's a bit like that John Lewis ad, you remember, with the, with the little girl and her telescope. And her. Yeah. So there's a bit of Man on the Moon stuff. So then we're flashing to kind of Timothy Spall on the moon on his own, sort of going a bit, you know, it's just sort of... So that's the bit of the kind of Duncan Jones moon uh, thing yeah, going yeah, on, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's mixed between Down on Earth, where we have this madcap adventure where the robot version of Timothy Spall is kind of malfunctioning. <laughs> This is all while Tandy Newton is having a really tough time writing her next children's novel, while her husband um, is started working with uh, this personal assistant at university, played by that woman from Love Actually, who played the tart, 
who um, yes. who cheated originally. Uh, not not uh, no uh, Alan Rickman. Uh, f- with Emma Thompson, <laughs> Link there, um, and she's basically playing the exact same character from that film. <laughs> uh, um, anyway, so she thinks, oh, she's a bit sultry. Go- they're going through marital problems. Um, the daughter is really sad then, and she wants her granddad to be there, and she knows the robot's not a real granddad, but granddad's up on the moon. <laughs> and-, and so she's really sad, but then the robot kind of comes through for her, Oh, I forgot. There's two key characters that I forgot. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he's up in the moon, but they realise that a spacecraft can't make it back down. Now, all the while, the government are on to him. We've got two government agents on the case, played by everybody's favourite lesbian ghostbuster, Kate McKinnon. Nice. Um, and uh, Don Cheadle. Um, and their partners, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, their partners, and so they're after it, and they fit, they've been interviewing the robot, and they think it's a robot, and all this, and they're kind of onto the girl and the and the granddad, mm-hmm. but then the mum and dad are going through these their own issues. They realise that uh, granddad's in trouble, and he's on the moon. He's found the pendant. Yeah, they all go in a spacecraft, race ball, and the whole family. So he forgets that tart, and they kind of like, you know, they kind of join up as a family. They go in a spacecraft to get Grandad from the moon. When they're heading up to the moon, Grandad's up in the moon. He sees the pendant, but there's a massive alien. <laughs> so then Timothy Spall has to fight the alien for the pendant. They come up. They're going, Grandad, come into the spaceship. <laughs> but then the alien's got the, uh, the, the pendant. But then he realized that he never needed the pendant. <laughs> And, uh, you know, and he shouldn't make a robot version of her because she's gone. And, you know, he should. He's got, her, he's got her memories. So then they get all get back to Earth in a successful mission. I should have pointed out that she originally died with her last mission in space when we, she, Emma Thompson went out to fix something on the spacecraft. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know whether she died in natural causes. I don't know. <laughs> that was a thing at the beginning. Should have mentioned that. Tandy Newton gets the idea for a new children's story. Rafe Spall decides to work less, you know, and look after the girl, Astrid, whatever, and um, and spend time with the granddad, and it's all a, a, a happy ending. Uh, I don't know what happens to the two government agents. They probably just, like, you know, get, get fired or something. <laughs> oh, no, they're all right. No, they're okay. I think they're a bit, like, you know, work against the... I mean, they're probably a bit like the the two government agents in Paul. I don't want to make them too much Men in Black because that's such a cliche. But you know, you know what tropes I mean? are difficult to avoid when you're writing a family friendly, yeah, epic like this. I think it sounds like a lot of fun. I think like uh, directors are always tricky when you think of things like this. The only one that comes to mind for me is someone like Richard Curtis, who's yes, you know no. what I mean. Because well, it feels Christian so Columbus? British yeah. in its outlook. Do you know what I mean? It feels like a British yes, family yes. caper. That's what it is. It's exactly what it is. I wrote it today. <laughs> I mean, who, who did Paddington? Who's done those? The director of The Mighty Boosh. Uh, and yeah, yes, he'd be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. But we'd have like big epic space scenes. Yeah, yeah, scenes. yeah. I just like the idea of Timothy Spall sitting on the moon. <laughs> it, it reminds in me space. a lot of, um, you know, of, of Wallace and Gromit. Yes, yes. It, it is reminds a bit me of like a lot that. of that. It does. And those sort of, day out. particularly because yes. he's an inventor, yes. and those sort yes. of like ragtag inventions. Yes. Well, that's what I'm thinking. And because we don't, 
have Wallace and Gromit anymore because he died. Oh. Wallace is dead. <laughs> and so yeah. I think uh, I always grew up loving little things like this, little tale, you know, like little madcap adventures. Yeah. I loved Wallace and Gromit. So, uh, yeah, so there you go. Has Timothy Spall ever been to space? <laughs> what, in real life? Well, no, well, no I, I doubt that. But, um, <laughs> like, in movies. I don't believe so. He's not in Armageddon. <laughs> uh, they don't uh, go to space in our feeder same pet, to my knowledge. No, but that's a good idea for a reboot. I'll feed the same pet in space. Yeah. Okay, right. So that was my pitch. Yeah. Red, give us your pitch. Okay, uh, sticking with a family-friendly theme. Yes, because it's a very PG-13 episode after... Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, after the initial episode, we decided to tone things down a bit. And I yeah. think, yeah. to the listener, that is probably welcome. Yeah. Um, so... My idea is uh, mm. a family-friendly body swap movie. Oh, the body swap comedy. A classic. You, you love a body swap. Mm. The old Freaky Friday. Vice versa. Uh, 13. It, there was one called Father and Son, I think, with Dudley Moore. I'm out. Yeah. Either way, love a body swap. Who doesn't? This movie is very inspired by uh, We Bought a Zoo, which... <laughs> Might surprise a lot of people is genuinely one of my favourite movies of all time. The Matt Damon, Scarlett Johansson movie. Exactly that film. Right. Uh, and Elle Fanning. Um, and it's absolutely delightful. I would recommend it to anyone who wants, you know, just a lovely heartwarming movie of a Sunday afternoon. Mm. I cry three times watching it every time. Really? And I've seen it at least seven times. I've got it on <laughs> DVD, Mike. We should watch it after this. I won't commit to that, but... I. Did enjoy it when I watched it. It was, <laughs> it was nice, yeah. Um, so similar to that movie, a very pro vegetarian edge, very pro. Well, here we animal. go. I think this would easily be uh, Peter's movie of the year. Oh, not Peter. I know. I hate Peter. Yeah, they suck. Let's get this on here. Peter suck. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's a vegetarian body swap comedy. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Now it's very now. Okay. Can you make him vegan? Well, I yeah, yeah, yeah. That okay. that's totally that's yeah. well, whatever. Yeah. Implicit. I get it. I get it. I get it. Now, I want to qualify this by saying I'm not actually a vegetarian myself, but I love anything that upsets gammon. You know what I mean? Like an old straight white guy who oh, feels we hate like them. Oh, I can't say anything, even though I'm literally saying this <laughs> right now. Yes. Uh, any of them. So uh, pro vegan, pro vegetarian stuff. Love any of that. I've absolutely adored the Greg's vegan sausage roll debacle uh, mm. of late. Um, anyway. Wait for the film version. <laughs> yeah, this is basically Greg's vegan sausage roll, <laughs> the, the movie. movie. <laughs> so, uh, it is basically about a farmer, okay? Ooh. A farmer who has a, a lovely life with his um, wife and young daughter. They live on a farm, which is where farmers live it is um, they they live out in the country and they've got a proper idyllic life um you know they've got lots of like lovely farmyard animals that they live amongst um he's currently guiding his daughter through the trials of childhood particularly being on a farm can be quite stressful for a young child i mean i grew up in in rural 
area. And, yeah. you know, you, I think you get quite accustomed to death yeah. quite quickly. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of animals around. You see the normal natural process of life. Yes. Um, so, you know, he's trying to teach her that. Um, you know, I think there'll be an instance where she might be having um, an altercation with one of the farmyard animals. Maybe the farmyard animal isn't playing with her the way she'd like to. And the father departs a lesson of wisdom about, hey, you shouldn't treat her like that. You wouldn't like it if she treated you like that. No. You know, a good Christian value. Mm, that sounds delightful. Now, <laughs> later in the movie, it becomes apparent that uh, obviously the farmer... Whilst yeah. having a lovely idyllic life with his wife and daughter, yeah. um, also has a hand in, uh, you know, the, the murder, slaughter of uh, farmyard animals. So to get back to that moral lesson, uh, the young girl says to her father, well, how would you like it if, you know, the animals treated you the way that you treat the animals? Oh, Do you right. understand the sort of moral quandary that I'm getting okay. into? Okay. Yes, yes. It's all going a bit oksha. Is that it? Oksha? Exactly, Oksha. yeah. This is exactly my uh, my film. idea. Uh, Okja, which is by uh, Junbo Hong, I believe. I think yes, I'm pronouncing yes, that correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who did Snowpiercer. Okja was wrote by John Ronson, mm. which is incredible. Yeah. Um, who's a fantastic author. My yeah. favourite author. Co-wrote right. Frank. Yep. And the writer of uh, The Psychopath Test. Mm. Um, anyway, what happens is, on this farm, they have a prize cow. You know, their favourite cow. It wins all the awards at the... I hear you. At the cow at fair. The, the cow fairs, all the cow, yeah. You've been to the cow fair, Mike. I hear you. <clears throat> You're I, always at a cow fair. I am. I am envisaging a beautiful big cow. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... The right. day comes for this cow to finally go to slaughter. Oh. So the farmer takes the cow into the slaughter zone. The slaughter zone? Yep, the slaughter zone. Not into the slaughter zone. <laughs> yeah, Kenny Loggins can actually yeah. have a cameo in this. Yes. So he takes this prize cow into the slaughter zone. Uh, where he proceeds to stun it using one of those cow prods, like a cattle prod. Right, right, right. To prod his cattle. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when he does it, you know, there's a malfunction with the cattle prod. The, both the cow and him, the farmer, are electrocuted. Right. Yeah, they yeah. stunned each other. So it's a double taser. Yeah. So both the farmer and the cow get struck by lightning, which is a classic trope of... The body swap movie. So when the farmer wakes up, he is obviously the, the cow. cow. Oh my god! What was the cow called? Do we have a name for the cow? Daisy. Yeah, that's a bit obvious. What would you name the cow, Mike? Whoopi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. We'll go with Whoopi the cow. Whoopi. Whoopi. <laughs> Whoopi the award-winning cow. Yeah, voiced by Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, well, it doesn't speak. Oh, no, because it'd be voiced by the farmer. Exactly. Yeah, farmer. You're defeating the purpose yeah. of the sorry, body sorry, swap sorry, comedy. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. We're just using your name, Whoopi, but you're not in it. Sorry. Maybe a bit part. No, no, doesn't matter. Whoopi Goldberg. We can definitely find a part yeah, for we'll Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi, call us later. We'll find a role for you. Okay, sorry. Proceed. So when the farmer wakes up, he's a cow. He has to adjust to life as a cow. He has to do all of the things that cow people do. Or just normal cows. 
so he's, you know, he's having to go to the trough, having to fight his way into the trough. He's having to shit outdoors, which he might enjoy, actually. Well, we all do. I imagine he grows to love cow life pretty quickly, you know? Okay. And he grows to love the other cows around him. So okay. to watch them slowly die one by one right. is quite so traumatic. He's, he's seeing the other side. He's seeing the, the, the flip side of, of, of his life. Yeah, yeah, what totally. He's doing. And okay, and so what about the other side of this? What about the cow? What about the cow? Yeah. Well, the uh, the electrocution has a slightly different effect to the cow. Right. Uh, the cow is transferred into the human's body, into the farmer's body. Yes. However, for a for a short while, it's in a it's in a coma. Um. So like the cow's in a coma, or the farmer is. The farmer is in a coma. Right. The, the, yeah. The, well, the cow so, is in the farmer's body. Yeah. So they're both in a coma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like yeah. a sort of Russian doll cow coma. Yeah, yeah. The farmer's body yeah. is in a coma. Yeah, and with... there's a cow. <laughs> the farmer's body is in a coma. And there's a cow. Cows in a coma inside him. Yes, the cow is in a coma inside the body of a man. Of a farmer. Who is in, in a, a coma. coma. Okay, that is perfectly, yeah. Sensible. Yeah. I feel like we have complicated this. I think it's perfectly reasonable. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, it sounds a bit like a Morrissey. <laughs> no, sorry. Unfortunately, that means that the family of the farmer are going through a lot of distress. Like, they're, they're, the father of the household is in a coma. Um, still yeah. in, the, in bed in the farm. Uh, I have envisage them being visited by, like, a local doctor. It's sort of got, like, that yeah. sort of quaint English village feel to and it. And the farmer's watching as the cow. Yeah. Watching on. Who's playing the farmer? Did we decide? Well, we'll get to that. Okay, sorry, I'm eager. The cow eventually wakes up. But the cow, despite being in a human's body, is still a cow. Now, I don't think that means that the person would immediately start mooing. I think they would make strange noises. I think... To the family, even more distressing, and they've already been through a lot of heartache, it would appear to them that they would have some form of long-term brain damage. Right. Uh, so, you know, quite a sombre part of the movie. And I want this to be played completely straight. I was going to say, this is quite sad so far. <laughs> I mean, your your movie was quite sad. It had a it dead was. Emma Thompson. It did, it was. Your movie yeah, mine was... killed Emma Thompson, and you're saying my movie is sad. Well, mine was sad in a sort of Sunday afternoon, cup of tea sad. Yours is a bit sad in a sort of, oh, sad. This like, is going to have a dark. nice ending, though. Okay. You know, mine's going to pull it back round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a, just a small section of the movie. I know. Yeah, it's fine. I think there would also be a little bit of comic relief, because whilst the farmer would appear to be quite ill... There would be times when the farmer would escape and go outside and have a nibble on some grass. Yeah. And I think there is a way of making that actually quite entertaining, but also quite harrowing. <laughs> yeah. I do think this should be played straight and serious. And given the gravitas it, it deserves. Right, so uh, the farmer slowly grows to realise that obviously the way that he is treating animals, being, you know, the owner of a slaughterhouse, is morally wrong and objectionable. He feels, being a cow himself, all of a sudden, the, the meat production industry uses inhumane means 
and he no longer wants to be a part of that. So I'm not fully sure how the swap back happens yet, um, which I'm sure is a quite a pinnacle part of the movie. Yeah, I mean, how is yeah? How are they going to swap from cow to man and man to cow again? I mean, there could be a faulty fridge. Yeah, but there must be someone who believes. Uh, does the farmer's kid not believe in the farmer that he is a cow because? He was friends with the cow when he was a real cow and he recognises and he goes to see the cow all the time and he recognises the cow is possibly, maybe he recognises the cow's his dad or... No, I totally, th- I think, you I think what you've I'm smashed saying? this. I think you've totally smashed you it. what I'm saying? It's, it's the daughter. Or um, daughter, son, she, daughter, whatever. Yeah, yeah, because she was a friend with the cow in the first place and yes. she, she had that strong bond it with it. It was her cow since the cat, she was a calf. Is that what they are? <laughs> whatever. Cub, a cow cub, um, <laughs> and uh, a cow pup, and then she could realise that um, they've swapped because she thinks her daddy's ill until she goes to spend some time with the cow and realises the cow's acting a bit like a dad, and then she puts two and two together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And thinks, hang on, dad's like that because dun 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 dun, and so she goes to the hospital to save the farmer from having a lobotomy. <laughs> <laughs> Or something like that. Whoa there. Whoa well, there. To save the farmer from getting elect- electro treatment, which then somehow makes them switch back to cow and man. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of good ideas to okay, go okay. off Okay, okay. Just, I'm, just, I'm just spitballing. Either way, I think uh, the real climax of the film, okay. um, at the end, when they have finally swapped back bodies, the yeah. farmer makes the decision to turn his farm into just a lovely petting zoo. Oh, how nice. How nice. And so he's lived the life of a cow for a bit. Yeah. He's, he's walked in the... I mean, cows don't wear shoes. They Who? do, don't they? Cow shoes? Like 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 horseshoes. Don't, don't no, we shoe yeah. some... Do we shoe cows? I know. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast and you're a farrier, which is the name of people that put shoes on animals, uh, let us know if cows wear shoes. Uh, we'd love yeah. to know. I can imagine that a lot of farriers listen to this podcast. Yeah. We'll listen to this podcast. Yeah, I know. We're big in the farrier community. Um, there's not enough movies about farriers. I can't think of any. Okay. Uh, I would like now to think of one soon. Maybe in a future episode, maybe we'll have a pitch for a farrier movie. A farrier movie? Possibly not, actually, the more I think about it. But <laughs> we'll see. Um, anyway, so sorry to shoehorn that in. I'm definitely putting a sound effect in there. Yeah. Yeah, so what happened to the cow? Uh, Well, I think the cow is swapped back into, obviously, a cow's body. And and obviously, it's been chosen not to be slaughtered. So it just gets to live out the rest of its days, having a a happy cow life. As being like the head cow of the petting zoo. It could be head cow. Head cow. You can have Um, a badge. Just classic happy ending. Lovely. Who's playing... Some of the characters. Now, I think it's a tricky one to cast. It is. Because. Who's going to be the cow? Well, like you've got to remember, like they've got to be a good voice actor. Right. They've got to be quite good at physical stuff. There's, yes. They have to be both good at physical drama, but also there's bits of physical comedy in there. So, I mean, like, you know, they have to have real range to pull off yeah. this role. Well, I had Timothy Spall and he was playing two roles, a robot clone and 
a granddad. <laughs> I mean, saying. I think Timothy Spall could he genuinely could do, do this role as well. However, it's not who I envisaged. I was thinking more of, I think they're probably too old to do it now. And I'll give you three suggestions. I prefer one over the others. My first one, my favourite, Michael Keaton. Yes. You know, like, because he was in Jack Frost. Yes. You know, like that sort of era, Mike Keaton. Yeah. Uh, sort of like late 90s, early noughties. Yeah, just after Multiplicity. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Doing like family-friendly stuff. Yes. Um, so him, or like, if you want to go for heavy on the comedy angle, someone like Jim Carrey or Robin Williams, yeah. if you want to go obvious. But I quite like the idea of Michael Keaton. Right, so you got Michael Keaton. Yeah. As the farmer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we'll get a cow in. A good cow. We'll get one of those good film animal trainers. They'll get lots of animals, you know. So you, you don't have to worry about casting the animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you're okay. Um, and anyone else in it you need to cast? Uh, for the wife, I think uh, Linda Cardellini would be perfect. From Best Picture Oscar winner Green Book. Correct. The film. Uh, yeah, um, and she's in... Bloodline on Netflix, which is quite good yeah. for the first season and not so good for the others. Right. She played Velma in Scooby-Doo. Interesting. I did not know that. Yes, Good did. knowledge. Wow. So who would direct it, are we saying? What about... Ooh. I've got an idea. Go on. Well, obviously, George Miller, who directed Mad Max and stuff, also directed Happy Feet and he also directed Babe. Ah, I was just going to say, who directed Babe? It was George Miller, who... Yeah, Mad Max. I didn't even know that. That's yeah. absolutely insane. Yeah, yeah. He did Babe. He did Happy Feet. Did he do Happy Babe, Feet Pig too. in the City? Oh, I'm not sure whether he did it or not, because Babe, Pig in the City was a bit weird. <laughs> and Right, I'm going to do a quick IMDb and find okay. this out. Yeah. Yes, he did. Wow, George Miller. George he Miller. Is versatile. There's a really scary bit in that second one with loads of monkeys and they had to like cut it because loads of kids like screamed and hated it in test screenings. Mad Max Fury Road has the same director as Babe Pig in the City. And Happy Feet. Let's not forget Happy Feet. The Penguin film. <laughs> okay, that's my movie idea. Mike, do you think your kids would watch and enjoy it? My two little girls watch your film. I think, uh, yes, elements of it they would enjoy. Uh, I think the whole um, death slaughtering message might be a bit strong for my three-year-old and (laughs) (laughs) two-year-old. I feel like you could tone it down, like there are ways of softening it. Um, So, yeah, I think they would see it. Um, But, yeah, they might be a bit young for it. It does have some strong themes in it. It does have strong themes, and it is directed by uh, the director of Mad Max, Fury Road. So, uh, <laughs> and I wouldn't let them watch that. So, you know. Yeah, I was going to say like it's sort of like between the ages of like six and twelve, sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, whereas yours, well, I think they'd enjoy the whole Granddad on the Moon uh, aspect because, um, yeah, they love my. They love their granddads, <laughs> uh, but they're not on the moon uh, yet. 
Um, that sounds you know. like a threat, Mike. No, 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 no not like Are a you I'll send you to the moon to jettison uh, your own father no, into space. No, I just mean with the advances of technology now uh, and all that Richard Branson's doing, maybe we might get to the moon before they pop their clogs. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> and you think your oh, parents sorry. are prime candidates to rebuild civilization on the moon? Well, why not? <laughs> I'm just saying, like I. If we are going to rebuild humanity on the moon, oh, I don't we should think... have your parents, should we? No, I'm oh, saying. Oh, oh. I'm saying oh, we sh- why? Because the. I'm saying we shouldn't better send the class of people, are they? Yeah. I'm saying we shouldn't send <laughs> the elderly at all. Actually, yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's like, a good point. It's a good point. We should. I mean, that's not to say we should just be sending children. Yeah. Although that would be a good movie pitch. Write that down. Lord of the Flies. In space. <laughs> Piggy in space. Um, yeah. Okay. Great. I think your kids would rather see that movie idea than yes. the two that we've just yes, pitched. Yes. <laughs> well, no, I think they might like my one. But, um, yeah, again, there's some sort of, some themes, that uh, adult themes. You've got the marriage breaking down. Yeah. Um, you've got, but then they, they get back together, so it's all right. Um, and uh, it deals with death quite a lot. Well, as well it's actually why I put I put the coma in the movie as a sort of plot device to sort of um, yeah, that was an interesting plot device. It, it sort it? of it like wasn't... reduces the the harrowing nature of the farmer having presumed brain damage. You know, right. because at one point he's just sort of in See, his bed. You could have at home, and it's it's sad, but it's not as harrowing as watching him act like a cow but it's surprising that you've played it like that because you could have played it like a comedy and you could have had him like you know well, I do think going about are... his business and going like and you know i think there are like, bits oh, of what's that he doing? yeah like i think it but treads you, you a went fine straight line. for the sort of bloody what's that film with harrison ford when he got shot in the head and he goes all simple <laughs> regarding henry um but uh yeah you know it, it's it's uh, it's a bit dark, that's all I'm saying. It is dark, but like... The way you've pitched it, you could have easily pitched it as more of a uh, knockabout comedy with him like going, oh, as you say with Jim Carrey or something. He could have been like all like, oh, cowie and acting all cowie, you know. Oh, I'm a cow! I think if there's one thing that's evident from my pitch, it's that I don't have children. <laughs> and yeah. that I don't understand what themes are yeah. suitable for them. Exactly. <laughs> Because I feel like I've themed, I've themed mine out quite well because I have children. So I haven't really... I have started with death, but up starts with death. You know what I mean? The, the old... Yes. Man. And I, that, I've got themes of that in my movie. It's a bit of a mixture of up, moon, and Paddington. So I'd probably... I've not been biased. I'd possibly... If you'd geared yours towards more knockabout comedy, maybe. Yeah. But... I don't know if they're ready to f- deal with the mental issues of a man <laughs> sort of wrestling with a cow's you know psyche inside him. I Maybe th- they probably could, but I don't know. I d- it just goes, you know, it's all, it's all in the delivery. It's all in how you put it together. I think it would be refreshing to have a sort of like honest look at death and mental illness, uh, ageing. Well, my, st- my film's got all that as well. Yeah, that's true. Cool. Well, those are this week's pitches. We'll be back uh, next week, month, year, whenever. 
with some more ideas. If you've got any ideas for pitches, uh, messages, emailers, whatever, and uh, we could read some out, we could uh, work on them, workshop them, improve them, or <laughs> ruin them. Or maybe you've got ideas to improve our ideas, yes. maybe scenes that you'd like to see in the movies we've come up with. Uh, we're on Twitter and Facebook, uh, so have a look at us on there. Uh, but until then... Don't have a cow, man. Really? <laughs>